0: I believe that it's necessary, especially for us in this first month, because we are going to do lots of connection this month, not just with each other, but with God uh, during our prayer and fasting time period, because, um, you know what, there's... There's a lot of self-help coaches out there, you know, and, and efficiency coaches out there, and they can give you their little spiel of, you know, this is the you know, seven habits of highly effective people, and, and those things are good, and, you know, uh, atomic habits, and, and those things are good. Um, but there's one thing that we can't do, is we can't overcome spiritually with self-help. We need God's help when it comes to our spiritual lives. And and because of that, we need less to focus this specific time period on willpower. And we need to focus more on the power that Jesus focused on when he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Um, and that was both he had the Holy Spirit with him. So it was... Connection with God's spirit and relationship with God. And he was using in the interactions with the enemy the word of God. When I mean, he was the word of God. Why would he, you know, uh, use the word, quote the word of God to the devil? Uh, because he was teaching us in his and modeling us through his life how to engage the enemy uh, on on a spiritual ground. He was showing us that, look, it's not enough just to be a great Christian. You actually have to use the word in your engagements with the enemy to come out on top. And so we're going to focus on word power and spirit power during this time. And that means that each and every one of us has to engage with both the word of God and the spirit of God during this time. You know, the Spirit of God is the one who's residing on the inside of our hearts. And so on earth, we have to connect with Him to have an authentic, experienceable relationship with Jesus Christ and the Father. And so throughout our time of prayer and fasting that we're launching today, and we'll speak more about that and about fasting and all that throughout the sermon, we want to ask each and every one of you to bring some shifts to the way you've been excuse me, the way you've been doing things, the way you've been serving God, the current rhythms that you have, and, uh, and add some of the things that we're going to suggest that we're all as a church family going to be doing together. So I want to say this to you, that 2021 can be your best year. It can be your best year ever. If it's going to be the year that is best for you in your spiritual journey, if you connect with God significantly this year can be redemption this year can be restoration this year can be reconciliation but it requires a connection it requires you to take serious the moment of calling into a response like we spoke about last week. Your response will determine your destiny. And how you respond to the call of God to first and foremost relationship is a huge determining factor in how the rest of this year plays out. All right, so you and God, you and the Holy Spirit, there has to be a, a, a dynamic duo between you and God be, for this to become a reality in your life. So, just for fun, I'm looking at a couple of duos for us today. And so, we're going to throw that on the screen right there. Let's all say this. Is peanut butter and? All right, so you catch the drift. Let's continue. Mac and? All right, next one. Burgers and? All right, we're all united on that one. Chips and? Oh, see, that one has some options over there. Okay, good. You got it, Jerry. Well, next one. Batman and? Faithful sidekick, Robin. Shaggy, good. Dumbin? Yeah. <laughs> Jordan and This one caught everybody. Pippin, come on. And then who Who else, else has we got there? Prayer and Oh, not too doffed are we today. Eh? We're awake. This is the 11, 10, 30 service, so you should be awake by now. <laughs> Great duo in prayer and fasting. And and, and these two go really, really well together. And we'll discuss that in a little bit bit today. But let me read from the scriptures for us. In Matthew 6, Jesus is teaching. And he says this, When you pray, not if, it's when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see him. See, he's not talking about necessarily the place that they're praying. He's talking about their motive for praying there. You can pray in all those places, but have a sincere motive. But he's challenging them about the motive so that everyone can see them. I tell you the truth that that is all the reward they'll ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then, everybody say then. Then. Your father who sees everything will reward you. There is a when, and then there is a then. Let's look at Matthew 6 a little further on. It says again, when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled. I learned this word. Disheveled. It means a hot mess. That's what it means. Don't try and look like a hot mess when you're fasting. So people will admire you. Oh, wow, he's so pious. Oh, wow, he's so dedicated to the Lord. Oh, you know, that's, that. The Bible says, i tell you the truth. That's the only reward they'll get. The, oh, wow, he must be such a spiritual person. That's it. That's it. I mean, it's, that's all you get. It says, but when you fast, say when. Comb your hair, wash your face. Put on some colorful makeup. Um, where was I? Because that was not the Bible right there, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> Ex- disclaimer, don't, don't, don't quote that part and say, Pastor J.J. said, the Bible says, put on makeup. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not beautiful because you put on makeup. You're, you're colored in because you put on makeup. You're beautiful as you are. Um, then, no one will notice that you are fasting, but wait, what? Yes, no one should know even that you're fasting. Except who? Your Father who knows what you do in private. And your Father who sees everything will reward you. If we believed that last line, we would fast more. We would seek Him more. But we really don't. But it's true. Baba says, if you draw closer to me, I will draw close unto you. See, there's a when and there's a then. When you pray, God does. When you fast, God rewards. We have to show that response. It's part of the way faith works. God designed it that way. It's not that He can't do it differently, but it's that He chose to do it that way. He chose to live in a life, in in an existence with us where our response invokes His response. And it's necessary for you to respond to the call of God before the effects, before the fruit will start showing in your life. It's not enough to just agree with it. You have to put action to it before it starts working for you. So many of you have grown up religiously. You've agreed with the Bible all your life, yet you do not experience its fruit. It's because it's not in your lifestyle. It's not in your everydayness. It's in your mind. And this year can be a year where God starts turning around the reality that you're facing right now, but it will require your response in living out His ideas and His concepts, His truths. In John 3 verse 30, it says this, He must increase, but I must decrease. That needs to be one of the, when, when, when God called me into ministry, I had this mantra running around in my brain the whole time. I heard God say, build faith, get wisdom, die. And I didn't die. I struggled. I ran off the altar. Years. Try to have it my own way. Try to follow my own selfish ambition. You can do that even in ministry. Lots of pastors out there are still doing it. Trying to be somebody in the eyes of the world. But you can also do it with the exact same selfish motive to try and be somebody in the world. And run off the altar the whole time. Instead of sacrificing yourself. Saying, Lord, I am yours and I'm there for you. Whatever you have for me, that's what I'm settling in. And I'll be content with. He must increase. I must decrease. And we can even go into a time of prayer and fasting and unfortunately make it about us. We can even go, Lord, this is what I want. This is what I want. So now I'm going to fast for it. That's not the objective here. The objective here is something different. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. Prayer increases our connection with God and it decreases our connection with the world. It decreases our connection with all of our own ambitions and all of our own dreams. And it connects us to God's purpose for our life. So, we're calling a fast with prayer. And from this Sunday evening, for the next three Sundays, we're going to have corporate prayer gatherings. And let me just say this real quick, that this prayer gathering is not for those people who are frequent in prayer. It's actually for those who never pray and who less frequently pray, or who, who pray maybe as a last resort, not as a first response. Let me tell you, if your kind of culture, if your lifestyle has been prayer as a last resort, you need to come to our prayer meetings. It's for you that we're holding these things. It's for everybody that we're holding these things. So we can learn how to make prayer not a last resort, but a first response. God wants us to connect with Him first in every situation, even if it 's just going well you know and nice but that 's god 's heart for us to connect with him, so from tomorrow we 'll be starting our fast fast um, there 's i don 't know why it 's called fast because it 's nothing but fast <laughs> it 's nothing, nothing nothing fast about a fast because it actually does you know slow you down in a sense. Um, But the bottom line is, Joel 2 says this, that God is constantly calling us toward Him. And He often asks us to do it with a disconnection from the things that we depend on in the world. That is what a fast is. Joel 2 verse 12 says this, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost. How many of you felt like you lost something in 2020? My hand is up right there with you. 2020 was a year of loss. God is about to restore, but He needs your response. What you've lost can be regained if you will respond to God's call to connect with Him and to connect with His guidance, His wisdom for your life and the way He wants you to live it. So right now, I want to ask you something. I'm not going to do this often, but this one... Tom, I need to do this. Get your phone out right now. Everybody, just get your phone out right now. I want you to open up a text message. And I want you to type that number in there. 94,000. All right, let's show our phones. Who's typed it in? Let me see those screens. Let me see those screens. I need those screens to show up with a number on the send field. And I want you to write these words, pray first, like you see it on the screen. And I want you to send. Here's what this will do. This will sign you up to join our prayer and fast devotions that will encourage you and that will share thoughts throughout the next three weeks on focus areas that we're praying for you, that we're praying for our community for It won't take you to YouTube or social media. For those of you who are going to decide to fast those elements in your life, it'll actually open up a brand new website that has the video embedded in it. And it'll only be a video of about five to seven minutes with less than half of that being a message. And the other half of it being prayer about the topic that we're praying about. And, through, in, through, through in joining that, I want to invite you to join us in this three weeks of focused prayer and fasting over our lives, over your lives, over your children's lives, your spouse's lives, this church and this community's lives. How many of you realize we need God? We need God in our lives. And, and this is how we go and get God in our lives So for the next three nights, like I said there, January 10th, 17th, and 24th, we'll be in our office at 416 South Avenue F. Come and join us for just an hour, and we're going to pray. There's not going to be a lot of talking. We're going to pray. We're going to connect with God around certain issues. So how do you fast? What do you fast off? and how does that work? I'm going to speak more about that a little bit, but here's some practical things. You can choose to fast in different ways. The biggest way that everybody kind of knows about is just fasting food and just not eating at all, right? Well, we call that a complete fast, and it usually is accompanied by lots of liquids, and sometimes even nutritious liquids like, like juices or um, you know, th- stuff that actually helps sustain you a little bit if you're not used to doing complete you know, food fasts um, in general. Some of the more easier fasts to do would be a selective fast where you choose to just eat certain foods, and you cut out some of those th- those feel good foods that we you know often do uh, too much ice cream at 12 a- 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 a.m. in the morning where's lance now oh my goodness i just <laughs> he's a notorious uh, an, uh, eater uh, midnight snacker um, but when you when when you when you decide to give up certain things that you actually use to make you feel better junk food sugar candies whatever food that that you actually depend on a little bit. That's a selective fast. You take that out and you replace it with healthy things. A partial fast is simply that you just choose not to eat certain times of the day, certain meals you don't eat. And the important thing with all of these fasts is that it doesn't bother, it doesn't help you just dropping something. You actually have to pick something up. You have to replace that thing in your life with something else. And so fasting and, and and not eating is that's just food strike, self punishment. But if you put Jesus in that moment, if you read some scripture, if you pray a little bit, if you journal some about what God is speaking to you, now you're replacing that thing with God. That's why it's called prayer and fasting, not just fasting. And soul fasts are basically anything that our souls attach to, like you know, cell phones, computers, internet, social media, things that we use to. Um, fill our time with and, and and have fun with video games um, uh, what are, what are, shopping you can you can really you can fast from shopping, and it, it will be a soul fast um, s- s- not visiting Amazon so much. Um, <laughs> somebody just screamed softly under their breath. <laughs> what did that guy just say? So the next shot is just basically a, a picture of what you'll see when you click the link. Of the, uh, of, the, of the text message. And um, we just really want to do everything we can to involve each and every one of you in our time of prayer and fasting. I am believing for God to break through in your life and to the life of our church. I don't know about you, but honestly, I am pretty desperate for Jesus to move in our midst. There are things that we're never going to have victory over unless God comes and takes control unless we allow the Spirit of God to be the Lord of this house and do what He wants to do for us and with us, unless each and every one of us become the church of Jesus Christ in this community. God is building His church, but His church is built with living stones. And each of us are a stone that's being carved to be ready to to, to place into the house. And every stone of a house bears a little weight. And God wants to start placing you in this house to start bearing a little weight because that's how he builds. And honestly, I am desperate for him to move on our hearts so that we will stop following our own way of serving him and start looking at what the Bible says, how he wants us to serve him and follow his leadership and his lordship. And so my prayer is going to be, Lord, move in our midst, move on our hearts, change us on the inside, Father, so that we respond to your calling when we hear it at at the drop of a hat, Lord. Let us not have delayed obedience forever and ever and ever and ever, which is simply just disobedience in itself as well. Let us respond like we heard last week. Our response will determine our destiny. But let's talk about fasting a little bit more because there are so many misconceptions about fasting that it just discourages us to actually take part in it in the first place. So my question here for you is, what is it going to take for you to just do the effort and just click in action and just decide, okay, I'm going to fast something this time. Please note that fasting is not, a, it's not about being miserable. Okay? Fasting is not about being miserable where you have to just feel bad about yourself or, you know, where you are and show God how bad you feel. That's not what fasting is. Neither is fasting about penance, about paying for what I've done wrong. God, can you see how I'm punishing myself here for, you know, how I've missed it and how I've sinned and, you know, how I've not been doing your will. And can you please just look over all my suffering that I'm inflicting on myself right now to uh, to kind of, you know, and then start giving to me back, you know, your favor and all that. No, that's not what fasting is about. Fasting is also not about trying to be righteous. Trying to look so good that, oh my goodness, oh, look at me. I am just, you know, the more spiritual one. I'm better than everybody else. I'm fasting. No, fasting is not any of that. In fact, as we look into the Word now, we'll see how, what fasting is. And, and fasting comes down to acts of self-denial. For a period of time for a spiritual purpose. Acts of self-denial for a specific period of time for a, for a specific purpose. God wants us to take this period and deny ourselves of the things we normally use to run our lives, keep us sane, make us feel happy and good and jolly, and replace that with Him with time with Him, with time in reading His Word, spending time with His people, and prayer. So biblically, why do people fast? Let's look at some scriptures. In Joel 2, people fasted because they needed to repent and they needed to turn back to God. That's the verse I read to you earlier. God was calling them to repent. In Ezra 8, they were facing danger, and they were petitioning God for His protection. In Esther 4, they were seeking national deliverance. Did you guys know that during Abraham Lincoln's presidency, he called four national fasts? He asked the nation to fast and pray during his presidency. I never knew that. That's amazing. I wish we had leaders like that right now. That would recognize that we need God and call for a fast, for us to repent and to return to God. Four, when they were expressing extreme grief, people would fast in 1 Samuel 31. If they were living in distress, 2 Samuel 1, people would go to God and they would strip themselves of their you know, dependency on stuff and they would express their dependency on God. In Acts 13, we see something amazing. Desire to live on mission. People fasted. Lord, we seek your face. Make us more effective in reaching the lost. We need to fast like that. We need to go like, Lord, we're we not reaching our neighbors yet. How do I reach people around me? How do I, how do I step into that place where I can have conversation with my, my neighbors about you and invite them to come into my life group? Invite them to have dinner with me so that we can figure out where they are spiritually. How can I do that, Lord? Help me, help me, give me opportunities. People fasted to be more effective in their mission for Jesus. Number seven, I've got ten. People fasted to overcome temptation. How many of you have been stuck in certain patterns of sin and certain patterns of addiction all your life and you've not been able to break free of that? Well, the only way you're going to break free of that by now, if you're still stuck in it, is by actually fasting. It's by actually seeking God desperately to intervene and to help you break out of that. Acts 14, when they needed wisdom. Judges 20, when they sought God's guidance. And Luke 2, people fasted just to express their love to God. Because here's what happens when you fast number one, you realign your priorities. I was watching a show and then the guy made this quote now, and, and I've I've preached uh, sermons on this so many times and I know it's just, it's so, so true. Everybody's the hero in their own story. We view our lives through us being the hero. I am the person that needs to make it. I'm the person that needs to succeed. I need to get the promotion, the goal, the the says so or whatever it might be. I am that guy that needs to come out and gets, be celebrated at the end of the day. The problem with that life is that you will never find you by looking for you. The Bible says it's in His light that we see light. You find you by looking for God. You find you by finding yourself where you are hidden in Him. And when you, don't, when you find Him, you realize who you really were all this time. And that brings such a joy and a peace to your heart that you can't ascribe it to people. Just, you can just encourage people, look man, you want this. <laughs> you don't want to be in that other race. It's empty. It's disappointing. You want to find yourself in God. You want to realign your priorities and so you start fasting. First Thessalonians 5 says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. We are made soul, spirit, and body. And God wants us to bring our spirit, soul, and body and prioritize Him into every aspect of that life. God wants our physical health to be good. He wants us to take care of these temples. It's honoring God if you take care of your temple. God wants you to reprioritize that part of your life, your soul. How much time you spend in the news, on, online. How, many, how much time you spend uh, just out with friends and, and, and engaging this world's stuff and pleasures. God wants you to reprioritize your soul and make Him a personal and a, and a, and a priority pursuit. And then our spiritual lives. We won't win if we don't spirit, if we don't prioritize time with Jesus. And look, God wants a relationship relationship. With you, He doesn't want a regiment with you. That means that, yes, there is need for regularity, but there is also need for, for spice. There's also need for, for, you know, for interesting and for diversity in your relationship with God. So, you know, <clears throat> like with my wife, there's not a day in life that goes by where we don't share with one another what's happening in our day. It's like, you know, hey, I'm about to go see this guy there. And then she's like, okay, cool. She didn't need the information. She didn't need to know where I was. But that's what relationships do. They include people in what's happening in my life. Like my wife will go, hey, I'm about to go pick up the kids. I know she's going to pick up the kids at two. It's not news to me. I'm like, oh, that's why you're not at home. Now, sometimes I do, you know, (laughs) come home and she did not and I'm like, hey, where are you? And she'd be like, duh, I'm picking up the kids. Okay, that also happens. But the bottom line is we include each other in our days just because, just for the heck of it. Because that's fun, because she's my person. That's who I deal stuff with, right? And that's what God wants. That's what brings the spice in our relationship. It's not, we think spice in a relationship is, you know, the overseas trip, you know. No, 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 that's once once every couple of years, you know, gourmet meal, splash, and go and take out to the most expensive restaurant that you've saved up for. That's what that is. That's not spice. What's a relationship like without spice? I'll tell you what it is, like a good Cajun, is if you get served a big old steak on a plate, and it has no tonies or slap your mama or nothing on it. No spice on it. What? That's, it's a bland piece of meat. It tastes like cow. What makes that meal is what you put in it. What you put on it. What you dress it with. What you've cooked it in. That's what makes it. It's the same with relationships. We need to invest and put into it. little sprinkle of that here. A little sprinkle of this there. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it worthwhile. God wants us to reprioritize. See, if God is your priority, there'll be a little prayer shot off over here. We're like, oh Lord, thank you. That guy didn't hit me. Praise God. Um, oh Lord, you know what? I'm thinking about this, you know. <sighs> what about that? i mean, Lord, I'm just praying for that person. Oh Father, just help me right now. I, it, it's interaction. You see, we do those things, but we do them while stressing. Oh my god, what am I gonna do about this? Oh my god. That's not a prayer. Okay. (laughs) Address your inner conversations. Address it to God. Jesus is standing there. I would have loved to take part of that conversation, but you know, it seems like I'm not really included there. Oh, there he goes, monologuing again. This could have been a really nice conversation if he had just thought that he could say those things to me. And be quieted a little so you can hear a response. God wants us to reprioritize and put Him in our, um, in the, you know, in the front part of our attention field. Fasting is not about you know getting something. It's a, it's about connecting. It's about connecting with God. You know, it's like it's like radio waves around us, right? Radio is broadcasting 24/7, 365. It doesn't stop, right? But are we hearing Air One or K-A-J-N right now? Nope. Why? Because we ain't receiving it. We're not tuned into it. Look at me. God is broadcasting 24-7, 365 advice, encouragement, as much as you want and need. But if you're not tuned in, you're going to feel like you're not getting anything. It's time for us to tune in. That's what reprioritizing means. God wants us to reprioritize our life. Second, if you fast, you release strongholds. You break through battles that you have been stuck in see there's a story in the Bible where james and john and, and they 've just seen this amazing um, you know uh, Jesus went up to a mountain and he met with with some heavenly beings, and for a minute he got kind of um, uh, transfigured trans uh, changed into his heavenly body and and and, and, and they saw this and it 's just amazing, but when they came down they're they 're confronted with their friend disciples their friends who 's like jesus like there's this boy and he 's demon possessed and he 's you know falling to the fire and we tried to deliver him but we couldn't and uh, and jesus is frustrated because he had just experienced what life you know how much god can actually <laughs> accomplish on that mountain and now he comes down and he's again just he's confronted with our unfaithfulness he's confronted with our impatience he's in, he's confronted with our lack of focus As he says this, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I bear with you? How long shall I bear with you? And then he said, bring him to me. See, Jesus wasn't fussing because they couldn't get him out. He was fussing because they gave up. Faithless is not connected from God. Perverse, too connected to the world. That's what will cause you to give up. That's what will cause you to, to throw in the towel. Too connected to my hopes, dreams, and desires, and too little connection to God. My life belongs to you. Whatever you say, I will do. Matthew seventeen twenty one. However, Jesus said to them, this kind of issue that they were facing does not come out except by prayer and fasting does not come out by except by prayer and fasting. In this world there are simply things that are not going to just happen at the at the at the click of a finger and the you know when you shoot off a, a little prayer. There are some things that require a more faithful, a more intentional response and that is why we pray and that is why we fast. 2 Corinthians 10 says we are human but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. You know all those reasons you give for why you've been doing what you've been doing? Why you haven't responded to Jesus? That's what prayer and fasting is there to knock down. So that you can start living out His ideas for your life and not your own. The stronghold is something that you cannot overcome by yourself, that you need additional help in. But let me say that, that if you will respond to God and you will fast and pray about that thing by these heavenly weapons, prayer and fasting, because that is what they are, God can bring breakthrough. He can rip you out of the hold that that thing might have over you that that sin might have over you, that that addiction might have over you, that that mess might have over you. God is able, but he needs your response. And sometimes we are in where we are because we gave up the fight. We gave up. We said, "Ah, I'm never going to get rid of this. This is just going to be where I'm at for the rest of my life. I need to tell you, that is a lie. That is a lie. By Christ, you are able to break free from those things. That are hovering over your soul like a dark cloud. That are holding you back from doing what you were meant to do. Getting the freedom that Jesus died for you for. And that you were birthed into but you're not experiencing because you've given up the fight. Pick up the fight again. Pick up the fight. It is not over. Jesus is our victory and therefore you in Him will be victorious. But you have to crawl back into Him. You have to pursue his presence, his closeness. That's where the victory lies. It doesn't lie with just a quick in and out, quick in and out. It lies in a residing. The old preachers used to call it tarrying. Tarrying in the presence. You need to put off other things and say, wait, this is priority. I'm going to stay here for a little bit. And I'm going to wait on the Lord for his breakthrough to manifest. I'm telling you this here can be your year of freedom. I want to declare that over our church. We will be free from all things. Free from pornography. Free from alcohol. Free from tobacco. Free from self-destructive behavior. Free from negativity. Free from depression. Worry, fear, anger and self-pity. This is a year where we break through because this is a year where we're going to change things up about how we've been doing it. We're going to press in to the presence and the purposes of God. Number three, fasting reveals your level of dependence. It reveals your dependence on God. In James 4 verse 8, we have a wonderful, wonderful verse. It says this, Come close to God and He will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. God does not want us, excuse me, God does not want us divided. What divides us? It's our pursuits, our dreams, our, 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 man, I want this. I want that more than I want closeness and intimacy with God. I so bad want to eat trash food right now that I will rather defile my body another time and, you know, than pursue God's health for my body. Let me say something about moderation to just let it be known that We will eat that, I know. But there's a place of unhealth that comes when we don't make Him priority and it just becomes whatever we do because we're not willing to prioritize taking care of our our temples. Prayer brings us closer to God. Fasting helps us to prioritize, disconnect from the world and connect back to Jesus. Charles Stanley said this, the shortest distance between a problem and a solution, is the distance between your knees and the floor. So often we take prayer and we make it a last resort. But prayer should always be a first response. If we will use prayer as a first response, we will avoid 90% of the things we got into. It's true. Because when you pray... God moves on your behalf. If you were serious in prayer, you would have listened to what he told you. And that would have led to a different path than you're on right now. But the fix is not to go, oh, no, you know, all this is uh, always me. I'm undone. No, the fix is, yes, Lord, I can start now. And you can redirect me back into your plan. You can redirect me back onto your path. God is the great redirector. He can change any and every circumstance. There is hope for everybody, no matter how dark it might seem for you. God is able, but He needs your response. This is what John Piper says. Fasting reveals the measure of food's mastery over us, or television, computer, or whatever you submit to again and again to conceal the weakness of your hunger for God. Fasting is a physical exclamation point at the end of this sentence. This much, O oh God how much i want you this much oh god is how i want you if you say that and you fast to exc- you make an exclamation mark behind that sentence so that's why we are here where we are joel one fourteen says announce the time of fasting call the people together for a solemn meeting bring the leaders and all the people of the land into the temple and so i'm asking if you're a leader in this church please come and participate in this fast if you're a member of this church please come and participate in this fast we are seeking god's hand over our church and over our community if the builder if the lord does not build the house those who labor labor in vain i hate to be laboring a labor of vanity we need god and we need each of our individual units of church in this church To seek and need and be dependent on God for His outcomes or for His His way. Fasting is a desperate measure for a desperate time amongst people who know themselves to be desperate for God. If you have found that you can't fix it, you need to become desperate for God. Let me say something about this. One of the biggest strongholds over our lives is pride. And pride simply says, you know what? I need to manage how people perceive me. What will people think of me if I go out and talk about God in the public? What will people think of me if I encourage people or if I offer to pray for people? What will people start thinking if I become a little bit more enthusiastic about my faith in God and my relationship with Jesus? What will people think? And that, the pride, that pride then makes us go like, you know what, I would, rather, you know, I would rather just hide the fact that I'm a Christian. Or even not just hide it, but just do it publicly acceptable in publicly acceptable ways. And so I will keep it very much on the down low. I will just do it when it's really, really necessary, just to keep my club card. I'm saying to you guys today that that type of Christianity achieves nothing. Christianity was birthed through a sacrifice. And it advances through sacrifice. And it calls on each and every one of us. The first thing is to lay down our lives. You know, when Jesus called me into ministry, the first words I heard Him say, and it's been a mantra all my life, was this. He said to me, Build faith, get wisdom, die. And boy, did I struggle to die. I crawled off that altar so many times. But God is calling us to die to ourselves. You know what? God is even calling us to die to our own hurt. And to die to our own struggles. So that He might come and be the solution for that. You trying to fix that thing. It's not helping. You need to submit to God and die so that He might resurrect you. Christianity is not a self-help program. He did not come to make bad people good. He came to resurrect dead people. And that counts for every aspect of your life. If you're experiencing loss, that is a death that needs to be resurrected by Christ and can only be resurrected by Him if we respond to His word in faith and obedience. That's why religion is absolutely worthless. Because it has no power. Because religion's power is Is exactly equal to your power. But God's power. Can resurrect things in our lives. So practically. This week. I want to ask you. There's three things. To think through. To help you fast. Successfully with us. Be informed. If you haven't pressed saint. On that text message that I made you. (laughs) Type in please press send please press send sign up for the information that will help you to participate with us in this week in this three week prayer prayer and fast we'll be that website where you go it'll have resources that you can read up more about fasting if you would like and um, I want to show you something that our kids department made for our children be be sure to grab one of these at at our kids check in table this is a tailor-made 21 days prayer and fasting kids journal. Our teams made it themselves. We got it from nowhere else. It's, ours, our, it's our teams praying to God. To how do we lead our children in a relationship with God? What it requires is it actually requires the parents to just pick up a packet and just actually ask them once a day, Hey, have you read your journal? Take these and work through it with your children as you are working through yours online. I'm really proud of this. This is really good work. Our, kid, our, our kids department did. Like, man, they put a lot of effort into this. So this is, this is so we can teach our kids how to pursue a relationship with God. You know, your children have to build a relationship with God for themselves. They can't bank on your relationship with God. Christianity is not one of those things where you are included by physical birth. You have to get included by spiritual birth, and your you as a parent's primary responsibility is to lead your children to that place where they realize their own need to respond, and they respond like you responded. This is a great way for you to lead your children in this time. Be prepared, make a plan, think through this. You know, if you don't plan your meals for the week, what's going to happen at the end of Monday? McDonald's. (laughs) It's it's going to happen. Because, because it requires you to reprioritize and think and plan and, and just be ready and prepared to, you know, your kids might not fast in everything the same as you will. And don't be rigid with them. They're small. They won't understand everything. But help teach them the principle and ask them, what are you going to fast, guys? They have soul fast things that they can easily do. A little bit of less video games. A little less online a uh, 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 time on on TikTok and 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 WeChat. A little less time spending time with Jesus than spending time on the things that our souls are so desperately connected to. And then be resolved. This talks about having a firm, settled decision in your heart that you're going to do this, no matter if it doesn't feel you don't feel like it after a while, no matter if it. And even if you kind of fail and stumble and fail and stumble, and, but to keep going till the very end, to re-engage it. If you failed one day, then start again the next day. But just keep going and keep with us on this. Um, be more committed to the process than you, than you are to what you're going to be receiving from it, the results that you're going to get from it. Make out in your own mind that you're going to start pursuing God and his rela- and relationship with him. And I, I, I leave the rest to him. We're going to pray together through these three weeks. And I'm really trusting God to come that we will come out on the other side of this. Having met. Having met him. Having met him. You know what? If you meet with Jesus, you change. There's simply no way that you can constantly meet with him and not change. If you meet with him once a year, you'll stay the same. If you meet with Him once a month, He'll stay the same. But if you meet with Him like we're going to meet with Him through this period of time, you will grow. you will grow. Things will start changing. It requires your response. Let's all stand and pray together this morning. Lord God, we want to say that we love You because, Father, we are just so thankful that we get to live life with You, Lord God you are so deserved of all of our praise all of our effort lord god there's nothing we can do that you do not deserve us to do but father you still want us to offer it willingly and lord we're here today we offering our love to you willingly lord god and we want to say god we're going to be intentional about pursuing you this 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 year and starting off with this time of fasting father we pray that you meet with us We pray that you encourage us. We pray that people will hear your voice like they've never heard it before, Lord God. We pray that you'll ignite hope in people's hearts like they've never had it ignited in their hearts. That you'll restore peace to their minds like it's never been restored to to their hearts and minds, Lord God. I pray for miracles to happen in our hearts during this time, Lord Jesus. Transform us into your image. Lord, build us into the church that you want us to be, not the church that man requires us to be, Lord God. We want to respond to you and your leadership and your word, God. Not to culture and not to what our environment around us dictates, Lord. We're here for you. You bought us with a very expensive price and and we know that we belong to you, Lord God. So, Lord, we're willingly climbing onto that sacrifice, onto that altar. We're putting ourselves on that altar. We're saying, here we are, Lord. We are yours. We are yours. Lead us and guide us this year, we pray. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen and amen.